Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is up, everyone? Stephen Perry here for a brand new episode of Collider Dailies. I'm going to call this a pretty big episode because I feel like this is the first time we've got like really big breaking news. And on the fly, we pivoted and we're going to cover something that just dropped this morning. How are you feeling about this, Steve? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I have a lot to say on the news. Yes. So I'm not going to waste any time. I'm just going to get into our our headline topic. And it's, uh, you know, essentially uh, Daredevil born again, being completely changed, stopped, and they're doing a total creative pivot on it. All this news that I'm about to share with you came from a THR article. So that is the source on this. So their details claim that Daredevil born again, paused production in mid-June during the writer's strike. At that point, fewer than half of the series' 18 episodes had been shot, but at that point, it was enough for the Marvel executives to look at the footage that they had and come away with the decision that the show wasn't working. So in late September, Marvel let go of head writers Chris Ord and Matt Corman and also released the directors who were attached for the remainder of the season. And they are planning a significant creative reboot of the series. And they're currently on the hunt for new writers and directors for the project. And this is all tied to what THR dubbed significant growing pains for Marvel television. They do a lot of things on the TV side over there that don't align with typical TV production. Like, for example, Marvel does not hire showrunners, but instead they rely on film executives to run their series. So Daredevil could potentially just be the start of a pretty seismic shift for how Marvel makes these MCU TV series. Steve, how are you feeling about this? (laughs) Uh, Okay, I have a lot to say. Number one, the, the Marvel 
series on Disney Plus, in my opinion, with the exception of Loki season one, Loki season two, and WandaVision, has been a huge disappointment. Um, I'm completely, uh, I'm just so disappointed by what they've put on the air. I think that the series are forgettable. I think that they're just not good enough for the Marvel brand, and the series have watered down the superhero genre uh, in a in a bad way. Uh, I, I really think that they needed to do better. This is really great news that they're finally getting serious and creating and wanting to use showrunners because basically what it means in the past when we would interview a head writer who was like basically the showrunner, we couldn't call them a showrunner because of the title or the contracts or whatever. And them, Disney, realizing that they need to create seasons, like come up, you know, like Loki, obviously that needs a season three. You know, they need to create shows that can run for multiple seasons and better quality. But more than that, this is a bigger issue at Marvel. So I heard that when Iger came back and there's a lot, there's a mandate at Marvel now to sort of pause and reassess. And that I've actually heard this goes to the film division as well. Um, I think that there's going to be some changes coming there. I've heard some rumblings about what could be coming. I will not say it here because it's still rumors. It's not anything confirmed. But this is the beginning of, I think, a real uh, awakening at Marvel, realizing they have to do better. And some of these side characters maybe can't be the focus anymore. Um, and look, I mean, I've heard, and, and this is hearsay, but they have an upcoming show called Echo, which uh, they're going to drop all at once at some point next year. I heard that show isn't good. And that's the reason why they're dropping it all at once. Now, mind you, I'd love to be wrong, but that's what I'm hearing. I'm really happy with, and sorry for rambling, but I'm really happy that Daredevil is getting a reboot. I heard it was troubled, that the scripts weren't good, that it wasn't working. Like the list I had heard about Daredevil was really giving me, um, it was making me nervous because it would just be, because I thought Daredevil on Netflix was really good. And I really enjoyed what they did. And I was very concerned about what it would be on Disney+. And this is a sign that Marvel understands they can't put out bad content. And it would have been just content rather than a show. And I'm really happy that they've realized they have to just hit the reset button mm -hmm. and start over. I'll just say, I don't think any of the, the Marvel Disney Plus shows are, are bad. I think there's a lot of them that, you know, were fine, but... We're also at this point conditioned to expect anything affiliated with the MCU to be like, oh, my God, this is an event that I'm very excited about. And the shows aren't really sparking that same kind of enthusiasm. Just to build on what you were just explaining, Steve, um, the THR sources say that Corman and Ord crafted a legal procedural for Daredevil that did not resemble the Netflix version that is known for its action and violence. So that was definitely an issue there. And then this report also goes on to explain that the studio plans on leaning into the idea of multi-season serialized TV, stepping away from the limited series format that has defined it. I'm a big fan personally of the limited series format, but I do understand why that's becoming an issue here. And, you know, I know we're specifically talking about Daredevil and their TV initiative, but I'm seeing greater issues with not even just the MCU, but franchise uh, franchise production and distribution in general, just spending these like 
epic budgets and churning out so much material so quickly. I do think that one of the big reasons that I don't want to say Marvel has fizzled out or even Star Wars or DC or anything like that, because that's a little too extreme. But I think why it lacks the same enthusiasm that it had pre-pandemic in particular is because there's just too much. Part of the reason why we all part of the reason why we watch shows like Collider Dailies and, and YouTube reviews and things like that is because we love discussing these things after they've come out. We love theorizing and and like finding like nitty gritty details to to pick apart and celebrate together because we're getting such a steady stream of new material. There's no time to do that anymore. And that is also impacting the investment that viewers have in these characters and these situations. Yeah. The other thing is that I think that they, as you just said, they have to produce less stuff and make the stuff they are producing better because ultimately Marvel fans I think would be happy watching like Disney plus is in a different place than Netflix. Netflix produces so much stuff that you like, you can't keep up, right? It's just too much. But Disney plus could, if they could release one thing every week that like Marvel fans or star Wars fans wanted to watch, that would be enough most likely for people to keep their subscription and pay for it. So ultimately they need to produce less Marvel content and make each thing they're producing better. But the other thing that is a problem with streaming that nobody talks about is the fact that when they create a show, uh, they they do it, and then they're not thinking about another season, and then all of a sudden it's two years or three years before the next season. If they go into certain shows, certain things, knowing this is going to be a six or eight episode season and we're going to do two or three seasons, they can be working on the writing all year. They're not going to stop. You know, the, the showrunner and the writing staff can keep going so they can produce said show every year, like a normal TV show, and get it out there so once a year you're getting your six or eight episodes. And that will solve one of the problems of these huge gaps in uh, getting between season one and season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to turn to the chat really quickly because Patrick does bring up another potential issue. He said, I'm not sure I want less content for my $15 a month. And, you know, this is another thing to factor into the equation here. This isn't just someone saying, you know, I want to spend X amount of dollars to see a movie on the big screen. You are repeatedly paying that $15 a month for an extended period of time. You want a steady stream of content. So on the one hand, I think we're getting too much where you can't keep up with them as a viewer, but also you can't maintain quality. But on the other hand, because the, the entire distribution model has completely changed and heavily relies on streaming subscriptions, then you have these people who are picking and choosing a select few and they want those select few to make do on that 15 bucks a month. Look, I'm saying as someone who watches way too much stuff, I would be okay paying because I pay for Disney Plus. I would be okay if every Wednesday or every Friday they have an episode of something that I care about and it's really good. So that would be for every every week there's something I want to watch. That would be enough for me, but maybe it's not enough for other people. I don't I don't have that answer. I just know for sure that Marvel is doing big things behind the scenes 
and I'm really excited that it came out mm-hmm. about Daredevil. And um, I'm, I'm happy that they're getting their, their stuff together. Yeah, as as much as I don't like hearing about negative things when it comes to the production process, I do think it is very important to recognize when something isn't working and finding a pivot rather than pushing forward and delivering something subpar. I'll point out one more comment here just because I agree with it. Uh, GFAN86 says, I love WandaVision and Miss Marvel. I think Miss Marvel also deserves a lot of credit. I think that was a, right. a high point for MCU TV series. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. And I'm not trying to say that the 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 shows that di- that Marvel did were bad. Miss Marvel, I actually really liked, and I liked the way it was shot. Um, but I'm just saying that, like, is it something I'm going to keep watching? You know, is it good enough for me to watch a second time? And the answer is no. Like, I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to rewatch it. You know, it's not. You know, but then again, I don't. Re- okay, maybe that's a bad way of saying it because I don't rewatch a lot of stuff. But I wouldn't rewatch it if someone came over and said I really want to watch Miss Marvel. I'd be like. I can watch something else. Um, I'll use this as a, a transition to get us out of this topic. You know what? I can't stop rewatching Steve and what everyone's going to be able to watch for themselves really soon. I already know. Oh, you know, new. it's the fall of the house of Usher. It's so good. It's on Netflix. Carve out the full amount of time to binge the full series and then carve out your entire weekend. Cause you're going to want to watch it again and again and again. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you want to talk about the Iron Claw trailer? Sure, let's jump in. I am very excited about this for a multitude of reasons. A big one being the cast is phenomenal. It's an A24 movie. It's directed by Sean Durkin, who I'm a big fan of. And just so you have a little background here, it is the true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 80s. This cast is just like absolutely stacked. Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Maura Tierney, Lily James. I mean, I can go on and on. I think the cast alone is going to draw a lot of people in. But also, fairly recently, I've kind of gotten into wrestling. I have a couple of friends who are really big AEW fans, and I've gone with them to a couple of live events. I've watched some stuff on TV, too. And it's just, like, it's really damn cool. And it's really just, I don't know, upped my upped my like awe even more about what it takes to be a professional wrestler and what you have to put your body through and just like mentally and everything. And they were telling me a little bit about the Von Erich's family, uh, family story. And like, it's, it's pretty incredible. It is deeply tragic. And really, I think it's going to make a, a, a great, uh, a great cinematic experience. And with Sean Durkin behind the lens and based on how this trailer looks too, that the, the visuals, I love the color palette and the texture. It just feels like everything is aligning to serve this story really well on the big screen. Uh, I agree with you. If you do not know much about the family, don't read about it uh, because you should just watch the movie to, so there might be, it's it's a real tragic story. And I think that if you go into the movie without knowing everything, um, you know, it'll be even more powerful. But I, I thought the footage looked fantastic. Zach looks monstrous. He looks like he has uh, uh, 
Um, I mean, whatever he did for Baywatch, multiply it by a hundred. You know, it's all it's all it's, it's he went for it. Um, but I thought, listen, I thought the footage looked great, and I agree with what you were saying about the way it was shot and the color palette. And um, look, A twenty four makes good movies, and um, you know, uh, I have nothing but positive things to say about the footage. So I'm just looking forward to seeing it. Yes, I cannot wait to see this. And also just because there is some like light talk about this out there, some are suggesting that maybe it has potential to break into award season. I'm not really getting those kinds of vibes. I mean, it does come out in December of this year, which is usually a good time for award season titles to hit. I mean, if the movie happens to be like, Next level phenomenal. Maybe I'll rethink what I'm saying right now, but it just seems like A24's focus is on different titles for Oscar season this time around. So I don't necessarily know if we're going to be talking about it in that respect. I I don't. Well, first of all, right now, in my opinion, Oppenheimer is very, Mm. very far ahead in so many categories. So it's going to take um, a lot to knock that down or overpass Oppenheimer in so many categories that um and look it could just be a, a really good movie and not an oscar movie um but oppenheimer like if you're placing wagers you know yeah Oppen- oppenheimer is uh is pretty high up there right now but as we all know anything can change as the months progress all right steve let's uh look ahead to the future of collider screening so we wanted to make this our final topic today just because there's a lot of them, a lot that you're going to want to know about first so that you can either get tickets or submit for tickets ASAP. So, Steve, do you want to take it first? What screenings do you have coming up? Uh, there are four screenings, one of which is not announced. I'll just mention it now because we're going to announce it today. Uh, this Sunday night, we're doing Werewolf by Night in Color, uh, which is a very special screening with Michael Giacchino. It's going to be the first time it's being screened for anyone um, and uh, I started sending out emails to winners, but you can still uh, RCP. Uh, if you're interested in, by the way, going to any of these screenings that I'm talking about, uh, you can go to collider.com forward slash tag forward slash screenings, uh, screening, not plural, like, you know, without the S. Uh, and then it'll list everything and you can just RCP through the link um, or, you know, hit me on uh, Twitter and I can uh, send you a link. But anyways, Werewolf by Night. Uh, we're also doing uh, Killers of the Flower Moon in IMAX. Um, that's next week. Uh, we're doing The Holdovers, an early screening. That is one, one of the best films I've seen this year uh, in both New York and L.A. on the same night. It's Alexander Payne's new movie uh, with Paul Giamatti. It's Alexander Payne's best film in such a long time. Paul Giamatti is amazing. Would not surprise me if he's nominated for an Oscar. Um, he's so good in it. And then the one we're about to announce today is going to be uh, on the 24th or 25th of this month, I forget. And it's a movie called Freelance. And it's with uh, John Cena and Alison Brie. Uh, I, it's a fun action movie um, where I don't want to say too much, but it's a fun movie. It's going to be at the Landmark 5 on Sunset in L.A. Everyone's going to get free popcorn and soda. I'm going to be announcing it on the site in the next 30 minutes or something. Um, it's going to be a fun night and I'll be there watching. Um, so those are the four and there's something else coming in November that I have not announced yet. Uh, but I'm going to announce it in like a week and that's based on a series. That's all I can say for now. Okay. Solid tease, solid tease right there. I feel like in most cases, it's only Steve like announcing new screenings, but like 
for a change, I get to announce something really cool that I'm so excited about. We're calling it Scary Perry's Horror Series in honor of Halloween time. And we're doing this as a as a partnership with Landmark Theaters. And what it is, is it's basically me curating four horror movies that I absolutely love with Q&As with the directors after. And I'm just so incredibly excited about the lineup we came up with. We're kicking it off on the 20th in L.A. with Joe Lynch who directed Suitable Flesh. So that's going to be the first one. The next night, Saturday the 21st, we're doing a screening and Q&A for one of my, not just my favorite horror movies of all time, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, period. We're screening Trick or Treat with Mike Mike Dougherty having a Q&A after. Then the next week on the 27th, another movie I adore, we're doing The Final Girls with director Todd Strauss-Scholson, which I'm very excited about. And then we're winding down the series with a screening of Lights Out with David F. Sandberg. I'm so excited. If you're in the L.A. area and you want tickets, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to drop the link in the live chat so you could grab tickets right there and get all the details there, too, in case my rambling was hard to process there. But I'm very excited. For people that aren't in the live chat, I think you should say you can go to the Landmark Theater's website and buy tickets that way as well. You can also go to Collider.com where there's going to be a fancy article with a link to the ticket buying page. It's going to go live later today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right. We have one more. We have one more uh, housekeeping item before we sign off today. Do you know what that is, Steve? Is it FYC? No. (laughs) I mean, hopefully, hopefully we're hopefully we are talking about that in the near future. We have a big Collider Dailies first happening for tomorrow's episode. (laughs) I was like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, that's important. Steve arranged the whole thing, too. Our first official guest on the show is going to be Tim Miller. Tim Miller, who directed so many things like uh, like like Deadpool. Steve's um, a big fan of uh, Love, 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 Death, Death and Robot. I know I have to catch up on that soon. I know. It's but we're going to get to talk about pretty much everything with him. And we want to make sure to include some of your questions as well. Do not put them in the live chat because they'll disappear. Put them in the comment section of this video and we will get to as many of your own questions for Tim as we possibly can with that. That is a wrap on today's edition of Collider Dailies, but be sure to tune in tomorrow for me, for Steve, and for Tim Miller. We'll see you then.